0: Hello, travelers. Welcome to the Island Travel Podcast. I am Mark, and I'm the host and creator of the Island Travel Podcast. I am also an author of the book, Internet Revolution, A Generational Story, that is available on Amazon. So for this week's episode, we go to Chiloé Island, which is all the way down in southern Chile. It's a fascinating part of the world. Uh, it's a little bit cooler. It is close to the Lake District and other of the famous Patagonia sites uh, down in Southern Chile. Chiloé Island is an island that has a fascinating history and culture and the food. And I spoke with an expert from Audley Travel, a travel destination company. Her name is Melissa Deer. And Melissa has a lot of great things to say about Chiloé Island. It was one of the most surprising places that she'd ever visited. And it's not a place that a lot of travelers get to. Maybe in coming years, it'll become another one of those hot places. But for right now, it is a lesser known treasure in South America. If you have any questions uh, or any comments, you can reach out to the Island Travel Podcast at islandtravelpod at gmail.com. Enjoy. Enjoy. So you grew up with kind of a diplomatic family and you spent or lived quite a while in South America growing yeah. up, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It was Cuba to begin with when I was very little. That's where the, the whole sort of Spanish and Latin influence came in from when I was just just a very young kid. And then that sort of informed what I studied at school and what I studied at university and sort of culminated in me going away for a, for a, for a good long time to spend time in Mexico and then eventually to spend time in Chile and Argentina. And I lived in Chile for about a year and a
0: half. It's great because it brings us to Chile, which is really where Chile Island, which is in Southern Chile. Yeah. Um, I just want to touch real quickly on Cuba. So you grew up in Cuba. Yeah. I did another episode with a, a tour guide called Querida Mundo, which is a travel agency. They do backpacking trips to Cuba. What was your Cuba experience like when you were there?
1: As a kid, I was sort of roughly age seven. Um, it was great right. for me because I, you know, all I did was really just soak it all in and um, loved it as a kid. I know it was it was quite quite difficult for my parents, you know, getting the right food and, you know, making sure we had all the supplies.
0: It just makes me think, you know, in life, we, we have to leave, you know, it's good, and travel especially, to leave a certain amount uh, to chance and serendipity because, you know, sometimes you go to a place and you research a place out very detailed and know exactly what you're going to see and experience, but sometimes you go to a place knowing a little, um, but then it opens up a whole lot. And then, um, you know, later on, as you, you know, as an adult or whatever, later on, you end up learning more and more about a place that maybe you experienced very little, limited amount early on, but uh, it opened up the doors later on. Yeah, exactly. So, So, okay, let's talk about Chile. So um, I've been to Chile, beautiful country. I've really wanted to get down to the south i was i was more in the north and valparaiso santiago and the coastal areas on there i didn't have time to get quite to the south and i've always been fascinated what is it like when when you went there i mean what did, what do people experience when they first kind of get off the plane or get off the boat or however you yeah, get there it's
1: quite remote so it's very much a case of um it does take a while to get there and i think that's why it's often been quite overlooked compared to you know, Patagonia and Torres del Paine, for example, which is the sort of number one or number two destination in Chile to actually visit. Um, right. Chiloé has been kind of a little bit sort of in the corner a little bit compared to its sort of bigger brothers and sisters, you know, Lake District oh. being just across the channel. And that's because, you know, there weren't, there weren't any direct flights until very recently down to Castro, which is the sort of the capital of the island. Um, mm-hmm. It was very much a case of flying to Puyehue Mont, which is the Lake District sort of um, logistical centre, and then it's a three-hour, at least a three-hour car journey plus a ferry to get there. So it's it's a it's it's always been a little bit more isolated and sort of left to the side. So it's it's just across it's it's crazy. It's just across the water from the volcanoes that you see in the Lake District, and you can actually see them from the island. So they are they're super mm-hmm. close by. It's just that there is there is one flight i mean in in high season there's one flight a, a week roughly from from Santiago down to Castro which is the capital um but otherwise it's very much just a case of getting on the flight to Puerto Montt which is two or three times daily in high season and then taking a car and 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 driving across onto the roll on roll off ferry and then just driving and driving and driving down <laughs> down to the island
0: would you would you suggest more of a i guess if you're trying to see more of the island I, I i'm assuming the car and the ferry is that a better option to go
1: yeah i i would i would say it's the most reliable option definitely so you know the ferry is almost you know all day every day it's very easy to do you you literally just drive off to like the the road ends the route of five ends in the in the port and you just drive on and then you buy your tickets whilst you're on board so you don't have to sort of queue up at a at a, at a terminal you know wait for your ticket and all that sort of thing so it's very very simple and easy and then it's just a 20-minute ferry across to Chiloé island itself. And
0: was there anything about Chiloé I guess at first or at a while that really kind of caught your imagination?
1: So many things Um, for me a huge part of it was the food um, but also what's super super interesting is that it's it's one of the most cultural places in Chile like it has a very different identity almost to the mainland it has its own sort of independent um feel to it and the people definitely feel very different to those people in, on the mainland in Chile and they call That's themselves cool. chilotes yeah so it's it's um i it's a mixture of lots of different things but mainly because in in um it, when the when the spanish came over you know in the 15th century they were very very you know very very interested in actually mixing there rather than just conquering and mm-hmm. so their their religion and wasn't sort of enforced in that sense completely over the cultural beliefs that already existed so it kind of mixed into a very unique different way of uh, of, of looking at the culture so chiloe the the people from chiloe don't they still feel a very strong sense of cultural identity all the way back to the Mapuches. And they've never really lost that because of the fact that they've been able to survive very, very well on the island. They've never really depended that much on the mainland. And that Mm -hmm. links back to the abundance of food, which is my thing, which I love so much. Mm -hmm. Um, They... Honestly, they have the most incredible seafood. It's a place where I would go just just for the seafood itself. It's it's really? unbelievable. It, there's so much of it. They 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 just have it just you know laid on a platter basically. They're able to survive essentially on their on their own laurels, which makes them very you know very independent from the mainland.
0: So I'm assuming a large percentage or a majority of people on the island, they have uh, Mapuche descent uh, as a part of their ancestry, right? Is that yeah,
1: correct? exactly. Yeah. So they they have a lot of um, traditions and myths and things like that that, that don't that, that haven't been sort of stamped out or, or wiped out by European colonizers or settlers. And they still have, you know, the legends and, and um uh, mythical tales of sort of goblins and fairies and and wizards and things like that which sort of intermingle with the with the catholic religion and they are super proud of that i mean they still believe in you know that their uh, their traditions for example trauco which is one of the um one of the most famous ones which is a sort of a, a sort of forest goblin that uh, it, supposedly snatches away young women and that when they come back from this forest environment they're and they're pregnant um it's trauko the 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 goblin that has that has caused this this supposed issue um and a lot of um, a lot of the history around that is that uh, it's to do with the fact that if a young woman was not married and she you know had a night of promiscuity then that would you know, that would be the result of Trauco, the forest, the forest goblin. There's these sorts of myths and legends oh. that people still believe and the myths of the, you know, what the tides mean, you know, serpents bat, you know, serpents of evil and good battling it out over the tides, things like that, which still, which still are prevalent to this day.
0: And what what about, I guess we talked briefly, What, about, what is the seafood? Is it, is it predominantly fish? Because I'm kind of envisioning a lot of like kind of smaller fishing villages all kind of around the the coastal areas of the island. And is it a lot of, uh, you know, fam- Chile is kind of famous, you know, United States for the Chilean sea bass. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what are some of the fishes that people are eating? And what are kind of some of the plates looking like? And uh, I guess, how much would you pay for a typical meal at some of the restaurants or eateries?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, I was very, very lucky. I stayed at Sierra um, Chile the last time I was there. And that was incredible because every sort of, every excursion was infused with snacks and lunches or dinners that would involve all sorts of different things from, you know, oysters um, to, to to salmon, to sea bass, to, 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 to basically everything. It's all there. It's all in abundance. So um, I got very, very spoiled. And I, I remember one particular occasion where I was decided that they would set up a little oyster bar by themselves <laughs> um, mm. on the coastline it was freezing cold but it was um you know a view of the beaches and the hills in the background and um you know they would serve that with you know prosecco or champagne or whatever it was and and, and uh and and just so many oysters you wouldn't even believe so they have i mean they they they, they want to make you realize how much how much of everything they have in abundance um and that to them, it's it, it might be a luxury for us being in you know Europe or the States, um, but to them it was very much a normal way of life to have that kind wow. of that kind of abundance. Um, so it's pretty much everything. But they have their own fish stew as well, which is a, 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 a called curanto, which is a traditional meat uh, sorry a, a traditional fish dish that they that lots of sort of uh, shellfish, crab, all that sort of thing. Um, cooked underground and uh, with hot stones on top and things like that Um, and lots of potatoes made with um, all the spices and herbs and all that sort of thing that you can get in Chile yeah and it's not overpopulated as well which is something that's a massive you know benefit to them you know 140,000 people something like that so they have a lot to go around and that for me is amazing living in the middle of England
0: Um, what, what, if you could give an idea, maybe um, just like roughly, what 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 are, what are you paying? What's a tourist paying, and what kind of uh, accommodation options are for like a, a meal on on a on a beach of like mussels and oysters, like you described, or maybe at some of the kind of mid or nicer restaurants? Um, what does that typically cost, and also the accommodations?
1: Chile is not the it's not the cheapest country in South America, as I'm sure you're aware. You know, a really hearty meal you're looking at sort of quite quite cheap UK pub prices, so you know 5 to 10 pounds for for a healthy you know hearty meal at the top end it's not going to be you know hundreds and hundreds of of pounds or dollars um oh, you know it's sure. it's it's, it's, a, it's a small bracket you know um 10 to 50 something like that depending on the place that you're in but accommodation is is hugely varied and and with Audley, we we don't we don't look specifically for the the sort of the luxury end of the scale we just look for what has okay. a character and what's quite boutique and and, and actually on chileway that's perfect for us you're probably going to in in low season you'll probably find something that dips below a hundred dollars a night for a room in high season you're looking at 100 to 150 probably the cheapest one very you know very very high-end luxury lodge which is the place I stayed at which is Tierra so you're looking at you know 800 to 1,500 dollars for the night for a, for a double but that would include you know everything so breakfast lunch dinner excursion you yeah, get a lot, what you, you, get pay, a lot. Right? you definitely do i mean 15 oysters for one person is <laughs> is quite a lot yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing about Chiloé is that it is it is very undiscovered by tourists so you do often find that although you might be booked on a shared excursion regardless of what hotel you might be booking it through you may mm-hmm. often end up as the only person or the only people on that excursion
0: it seems like you know the people that do make it down i guess that are going from like united states or europe and other kind of uh, higher income countries outside of south america um many are going to like atacama up in the north um going down to tierra del fuego in the south so who is kind of going to chiloé is it mostly other south americans with maybe a few kind of more intrepid and more adventurous travelers
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and back, backpackers as well. But also the other thing is that, that that it's a huge, it's a brilliant spot for bird watching. It's the place in Chile that has the most endemic species for plants as well. Bird watching is unparalleled. Wetlands areas, you've got rolling hills, you've got temperate rainforest. So it, it's because of the fact that there are so few people. I mean, there's lots and lots of wildlife and it really flourishes there. Chile is a long, thin country, and it does take a while to get places. But if you have yeah, time, yeah. then yeah. definitely go because you see, for me, it's all about the seafood and and the wildlife and the fact that it's got this this very distinct culture.
0: Yeah, I, I, the only people I've really heard talk about Chile is it's pretty much other Chileans that I've met, and they kind of they they kind of revere it in this kind of way that you have mentioned. Um, yeah, I had kind of a lightning round set of questions, but you already kind of answered a lot of them. If we can just do one um, quick summary. Um. What would be kind of if you were taking someone for the first time and you wanted them to experience some of the magic, um, and you had one day for this person, you know, what would you be doing in that day?
1: Gosh, it would be an action-packed day because I haven't even mentioned the churches or the dolphins yet. But that's, okay. that's the other. Those are the other things that you should be looking out for. Um, uh, I would probably spend half a day doing sort of a, something cultural, uh, visiting the the wooden cathedrals, for example, which are again something I haven't mentioned yet. But there are. Um, some cathedrals which are thousands of year, years old, and they're just made out of wood. And wow. some of them, as well, don't even have any nails in them. They're just they're just built that well by the um, uh, by the, the the carpenters on Chiloé that were that were obviously used to building fishing boats, because a lot of these cathedrals or, or churches have upside down boat hulls basically as their as their roofs.
0: The tribes like Mapuche Indians, like thousands of years ago, that built a lot of these churches or, exactly. or the remnants of them.
1: Yeah, oh, wow. exactly, exactly. And and so there's 16 at the moment that are still standing that are, that are UNESCO World Heritage from before, you know, before the European settlers. And so that's fantastic. And I think it's definitely worth having a bit of a tour of one or two of those, and then a market, a fish, a seafood market experience for lunch. And then in the oh. afternoon, you know, going bird watching or um, as I as I mentioned, you know, there's lots of penguins and and dolphins. I was just getting a small roll on roll off ferry between one part of the island to the other because it was quicker and it was about five minutes on this ferry. But in that time, I saw these dolphins, these fantastic dolphins just, just jumping out of the water over the ferry, putting oh, wow. on a display almost, and dolphins in Chile. And I didn't think that I would see them in South America. And they just happened to just put on a display at the time. We went searching for them the next day and they were they were sort of playing around the boat. So very much a wildlife focus in the afternoon. Maybe even get a short hike in because there's some fantastic hiking territory in Chiloe as well. It's just there's too much almost for a day. I would say oh, yeah, okay. three nights. Three nights wasn't even enough for me because I didn't even get to see the sunken forest, which is a stunning um, part of part of Chiloe that is that is left over from a, an earthquake, which oh, has okay. basically sunken a part of the island, which meant that the the temperate rainforest is it has died, but it's the the dead tree trunks are up above the water level, so you can kayak amongst those it's again it's always this sort of thing if you if you're not aware of it if there's not much marketing about these these places then um then then you may you may overlook it for other other things so uh that's called the Chepu Sunken Forest. In one day, you just need to, pre- to just pre- be prepared to wake up super early and go to bed super late.
0: <laughs> yeah, Melissa, you've been very generous with your time. I really appreciate all you right, talking about the Island. This is, uh, this is great. I can't wait to go there someday.
1: Yes, please do. And if you need any information, just come to Audley and we'll help you. We'll sort you out.
0: <laughs> definitely. Definitely.